Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. So, I know you're at home. Draw yourself a bath. <laughs> yeah. It's a balloon party. How do, you, how do you like that? I really liked it. You're, you're back to that professorial look that I like so much. Yeah, feeling good. Should yeah. I put my blue light glasses on? But you think that would get the yeah, people go going? Ahead. All right, please do. I wear these blue light glasses. Sometimes I get a headache staring at a computer all day. You got to go to YouTube to watch this. So now you get to see me. My God, with some spectacles. This guy. Yeah, these glasses scream, "I am better than you." But I like it. You got the what would you call? It? Is that a jacket? Is that a sweater? What is that? Nurse? Has anybody seen my nurse to let me know what that is? It's like a thick flannel that can be used both as a jacket and a shirt. But I think it's a great overshirt for this turtleneck I have. Yeah, and uh, I wear this look often, and I like it a lot. I like it too. Uh, Jackson looks very hot. I would actually say naughty. Uh, and you can watch it on YouTube. You probably at home. And uh, you can interact in the YouTube chat. 95 people were waiting for us when we went on the air, Jackson, just waiting to talk it over, including Cat Dad Gamer. <laughs> Hello, Cat. Dad Gamer. Hello to uh, Tiny PP, a pastry chef named Mesfin, Dan Jansen, and Droid Effects. All waiting in the YouTube chat. You can talk it over in that YouTube chat, or you can text into the program anytime you would like. It is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Burkhart, Alton Toyota, here on 101 ESPN, the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. Tim McCartney and Jackson Burkett with you for the next hour, as I will count the number of vehicles that I see drive past on Olive during the show, and so far the number is zero. Yeah, there's zero cars in the parking lot here. That's correct. So people are at home, and what are they doing? They're gathered around the hearth, and they're listening to this show. As they should be. Like FDR is addressing the nation. Yeah. We are, we are the fireside chat of midday St. Louis sports. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us for his fireside chat as the Blues are coming off of uh, one of their best performances of the year, which perhaps was necessary considering how it wasn't really great against the Flyers or the uh, Capitals on Thursday. And then you had the Hall of Fame class going in and uh, dropping the puck. Pavel Dimitra's widow and uh, children on hand. And the Blues delivered uh, one of their best performances of the year. I mean, across the board. And so they get a great win. And now we'll play tomorrow night starting off in Calgary, then Vancouver, and then Jackson. We'll go a little south and head to Seattle and head back to St. Louis to take on the Kings. And that's a matinee start. Is that right? Oh, I hope so. On a Sunday, little Sunday matinee. I like those. Okay, well, there you go. So, a uh, good one to take children to. And uh, there's your week in blues. And we'll talk it over with Jeremy Rutherford at 1045. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for the first 45 minutes of the program, though it's just the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up. Is that That's what this right. is? That's All right. right. See what we got. I have a legit question for you. Um, I am taking legit questions. I wonder where St. Louis is in terms of the lead today. Where St. Louis is in terms of the lead. Yeah, like where do you think, like, so... What what does the listening audience have the most interest in? That is how you determine the lead. Right. 
And so I think timing is such a key in this. Of course. Because obviously Matt Carpenter gets signed to the club on Friday, right around 1140. It is now Monday, 1008. Is that still the lead story, what they have the most interest in over the NFL playoffs that occurred just last night? I think it's the NFL playoffs, and I'm going to give you my two reasons. Please, please. Reason number one, Mm -hmm. the time you made reference to. If Matt Carpenter would have happened yesterday or earlier today, it's Matt Carpenter all day long. But as you mentioned, it's about 72 hours old at this point. And then secondly, many in St. Louis have become Kansas City Chiefs fans, which Clark Hunt giggles about as he voted for the Rams to move to Los Angeles, as was the only vote in that committee to do so. Yeah, would agree. I think that uh, the NFL playoffs is the lead, and I had it as such, so I'm glad uh, I'm glad I, I asked you. No, agree. no, no. But I mean, I would trust you, especially with the look you have right now. Yeah. God. Sometimes I don't have the it's best. It's intimidating, because I'm used to being the best-looking person around. Right, and that fleece is doing numbers, man. Like, that fleece is, is doing a lot of work for you. I wouldn't kind of... Is that right? Out. Yeah, I wouldn't say yourself My short. wife hates that I wear this thing because I've had it for 20 years and I think she was in kindergarten when I first got it. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's 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 got character, you know? It's got a it story does. to tell. It's, well, it's a meat and potatoes. It's what I said. The brand is meat and potatoes. <laughs> you should start a brand, meat and potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, Jackson, what's happen. your first question? Well, Tim, it's slick outside, and we're two slick boys. Am I right? Nice. Well, a ball game last night between the Chiefs and Bills. However, outside of that game, I don't think the games were all that great over the weekend. Really? Did you think that was a solid week in the football, or do you think everything kind of went according to plan? Were you surprised by any of the results? Well, only one road team won. Is my nurse correct on that? I believe the Chiefs were the only road right, team. Right, yeah. because the Lions, they were the three seed, but yep. they were at home because the Cowboys lost. Right. But I thought the games were outstanding. I, I suppose the first one wasn't. I thought the Lions and the Bucks game was really good in terms of like seeing Detroit get to celebrate. I never really felt like in that second half the Bucks were going to make a, a really solid move. It felt really? Like, oh, it felt like Detroit was just like... The Bucks were playing good on offense. Baker Mayfield, tip of the cap to that guy. He has gone through it and has shown that he can be prolific in Tampa. They should sign him quick, fast, in a hurry. But I felt like the Lions were just in the second half offensively in a different world. Like, they were scoring pretty much at ease. And that's what scares me against the Niners. Like, Lions-Niners, that total might not be high enough. Oh, is that right? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked at the... I I would have to guess it's in the mid-50s. I know that the 49ers are favored by seven and the Ravens are favored by three and a half, but let me pull up the totals for you, Jackson. And by the way, we bet on stuff over the weekend. How did I do? So we bet on uh, Texans-Ravens on the spread. The 51 for the 49ers-Lions, 44 for the Chiefs and Ravens. That sounds about right. Uh, So I was on Texans plus nine. That did not cover. Okay, what did I win there? You uh, canceled out our bet that we previously had in the Texans and Browns, so we're nice. now even. Woot, but woot. then we put 20 straight up on Chiefs-Bills. I took the Chiefs, you took the Bills. So I am up 20 oh, over crap. the weekend. Well, I completely forgot about that I did one. until this morning. I was like, did we bet? Oh, yeah, we bet on the Chiefs-Bills. Because I, I foregone, foregone, forgo? Forwent? Circumvented? Forlorn? Circumcision. Foreskin. Perfect. And I said that I don't need the two and a half 
for the Chiefs and the, oh, and wow. the Bills. I'll just take it straight You're up. Straight up. Yeah. So I got that one. Trying to endear yourself to the 636. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, well, that's my life goal. I might make that my Twitter bio. <laughs> Mr. I'm trying to endear myself to Mr. <laughs> Pitbull's Mr. 305. You're Mr. 636. Yeah, I like more, the strategy. More likely Mr. 573. No, a lot of six three six. Yeah, I thought the I thought the games. I mean, okay. the, te- the text. I I think I don't know what the hell I was doing. I, would, I know I didn't watch. What the hell was I doing on the, that? Ga- I didn't watch that game. Sorry, I don't know if I watched a snap of that game actually, really? to be honest. But I must have been doing something with the the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, I was hanging out with my wife actually. Yeah. A very rare chance to do that when you have a six year old and soon to be two year old. But. Um, yeah, didn't watch that game, but I watched 49ers Packers and the Buccaneers Lions and the Chiefs and Bills, all while also watching the Amex with the Amateur. Yeah, that was um, fun to watch. Um, but uh, I didn't think I didn't think the Texans game would be that close. Obviously, I was giving you nine. Yeah. Um, but to their credit, they lurked. They yeah. lurked. They didn't get blown off the field. Yeah, they were playing with free money. I think any of the four teams that are left can win. And that's why if I would advise people, I'm saying I think the Lions will win, but they're getting 7-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. And I love that. Yeah. Like That's when I, like, I want to fire something on. Again, I'm not saying I think they will win, to be clear. But do I think they will win more than one out of seven times? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like the college football playoff. Or I could have seen Michigan, mm-hmm. Washington, Texas, or Alabama winning. Right. And I would say that again after the fact. I'd say this again. I could see the Chiefs, the Ravens, the 49ers, or the Lions winning. I would tell you I think the Ravens are the best team. Yeah. But the one thing that I would make an observation on is there might be a lot of money coming in on the Lions getting seven points. And I, the only thing I would say, and I'll be pulling for the Lions, so I won't bet it one way or the other. Um, because emotionally, that's the team I want to see win. But I think there might be some people who may not be aware of why Brock Purdy was so bad on Saturday. And he was bad. Mm-hmm. And that is the conditions. And he just, for whatever reason, really had a tough time. He started with a glove on his hand, then he took it off, and then he still had issues. And the Fox cameras caught him dropping back and shaking moisture off his hand as he was dropping back. I mean, he just had a real problem with that. Otherwise, he's been so good this year for the most part that I worry that he will restore order and the 49ers will restore order. The Debo Samuel situation, of course, yeah. something to monitor. I'm sure the Bills would have loved to have had their defense healthy and Gabe Davis and Josh Allen would have loved to have gotten that throw that he underthrew on the final drive back and the left tackle not running into him as he got blown off the ball. But with that said, Jackson, you know what? We play with who we have healthy and it's next man up around here on uh, Little Piddles and the Chud. Couldn't say it better myself. No, I know. It's like I'm reading off a prompter, and yet it's straight ad lib. Totally. Yeah, I think the Lions especially, like you have an offense like that, you can compete in any ballgame. It's just the Niners, when they scheme it up, they are nasty. And if Brock Purdy is, is right and they have Debo, that's the thing. I, it smells like to me that the Lions plus seven would be the public play of the week. I would agree with you. Yeah, I think that one. People will be pulling for them. Yeah. So you have that factor. And then also, my God, the Lions getting seven. Brock Purdy looked terrible. What in the hell? Yeah, yeah. Would you have enjoyed it more if it were the Packers at Detroit? Only because we could have seen Detroit have the NFC Championship. Game. Yeah, because yeah. that like they did not move a muscle after that game for like forty five minutes. Know. Like D- Detroit and St. Louis have so many similarities. Obviously, Midwestern towns. Uh, Didn't stop there. Right. Yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg, for lack of a better term. So I love seeing a, t- a team like that had had some of the worst, and what am I talking about, the worst season in NFL history on top of other 
brutal seasons, no shimmers of hope. They've gone through a lot in Detroit over the last couple of years with their teams. And to see that and the energy there, it's just like proof that sports in the Midwest and, and cities that identify with their teams outside of like some of the coastal cities, it's really awesome. You're taking an anti-coastal stance, Some an coastal. pro-chief stance. Look at this. Mikey Midwest is here today. That's right. Some coastal cities really embrace their teams. It's probably like Boston, Philly are very much like that's very ingrained in their culture. But for the Midwest teams, cities like Cleveland, uh, even a little further east, like Pittsburgh, Detroit, especially Kansas City, St. Louis, like teams are a part of the culture in the towns. Uh, they, cities live and die with their sports teams. And Detroit has done a lot of dying in the recent years. So to see that was really, really cool. Uh, who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? Lions and Ravens. Lions and Ravens. That'd be the most fun game. I love Lamar Jackson. I think it'd be really cool. That's what I want to see as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if it's Chiefs-Lions, I'm really cool with any of the matchups. But I want to see the Lions win. Shout out to Jack Fox. So you want Fox to see the 49ers football. and the Chiefs? You're fine with that. You'd take that over the Lions. I wouldn't. That would be my least favorite of the matchups. But I'd still be fine. I mean, it'd be a great game, I think. I don't know. The Chiefs are weird to me. I don't know what they are. Offense looked good yesterday. Offense Perhaps did. as good as it's looked, but and is that because the Buffalo defense was beat up? I don't know. Next man up. We don't kink shame, right? Yeah, it's just it's 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 lacking the 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 star power. Some of that high octane that they had in the last couple of years. Obviously, with no Tyreek or really any. What about the way Isaiah Pacheco runs the football, though, Jeez. Jackie Papers? Jeez, that is he runs like the he's mad at the ground. I like that. All right, oh, we'll take a break. It's already ten eighteen somehow. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Uh, inevitably, we're going to be talking about Matt Carpenter. Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us coming up at ten forty five. You are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Munganas Burkhardt Alton Toyota on one hundred one ESPN and the one hundred one ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred one ESPN. Welcome back. Tim McCurdy, Jackson Burkett with you. The program's called Balloon Party, and we welcome you to participate at it. Anytime you would like, texting in is one way you can do it, and the YouTube chat is another way. The text number, Air Comfort Service, text line 314-399-9646. Save it in your phone and become a friend of the feather. And you can participate in the YouTube chat uh, where 149 people have gathered. And then in less than an hour, Jackson and I are going to be doing questions from the audience. Yep. And is it sports? What is it? What is questions from the audience? It's kind of it's kind of a, it's a, it's a mailbag. You, you take yeah. questions. We don't really care what the topic is. We'll take anything. It. I yeah. enjoy hate mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, T McKernan at InsideSTL.com is where you can share yours, and uh, we'll be doing that on the TMA STL channel on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/TMASTL. I had a, a sound story scheduled today. Somebody came in from Seattle. Wow. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, because of the conditions outside, we've had to reschedule. So therefore, QFTA will be going off right after we get done with Balloon Party. Perfect. And uh, you get a chance to ask whatever you want, and it's a YouTube broadcast as well, uh, along with this program, where you're welcome to join in the conversation. 164 Friends of the Feather now ready for Jackson's next question. I think we got to go Matt Carpenter. I don't know if that's the way you want, but people want people want to talk about it, so let's do it. Yeah, what that's, you what I, that's what, what I had got? next. All right, I figured it's much. The Cardinals signed Matt Carpenter. How do you do? Looking at it from both a micro and macro perspective, what do you make of the situation? This is an intentional dramatic pause, just mm-hmm. in case you thought like the ice had frozen your terrestrial radio. This is an example, in parentheses, to me, and yet another exhibit of the organization 
doing things that shoot themselves in the foot and create a greater divide between the fan base and themselves. I don't know who I could think of that would be as, I don't want to say polarizing, because polarizing would convey there are people excited about it. So there'd be pro and anti. Right. That's not what this is. As upsetting to Blues fans as this one. I feel like a good default position would be, although we're going back a long ways, although I would have not expected Matt Carpenter to be playing this year either, maybe if Eric Brewer made a cameo in the 2024 campaign at the trade deadline out of retirement. So the Cardinals made it clear that they weren't going to really add on. Maybe some bullpen pieces here and there, but if there was going to be an add-on, it was going to be something that would also have to require uh, a reduction in salary. So some kind of a balancing of the books. Mm -hmm. And if anything, the focal point of the conversation has been about the television situation. Now, to be crystal clear, $750,000 for Matt Carpenter, number one, is not, in baseball world, uh, a material expense. It's minimum. And number two, I don't think all of a sudden the Cardinals were going to win 95 games, and now because Matt Carpenter is on the roster, they will win 80. So it's it's kind of a neither here nor there situation through the lens of both baseball on the field and baseball business. With that said, I don't know if you could make a move when there still are some fans who may not follow it on a daily basis who are hoping, and I understand why, that the Cardinals are going to bring on a starter, whether it be by free agency, if they weren't aware that they had said that that's highly unlikely to happen, or a trade. And so when they clear a spot on the roster the night before to send James Nail, he of the birthday wish, and then five hours later, the DFA, then some fans are going, oh, I wonder what they're doing with that extra roster spot. And then as if it's April 1st, you get Matt Carpenter. And all it does is it pisses people off. And so I oftentimes on this program and on the, the podcast, Tim McKernan Show podcast, for whatever reason, and I can't really describe it, but I bet a lot of fans would share this view. The Blues do things the right way, and the Cardinals do things oftentimes the wrong way. And I just don't know why, but this would be an example where I'm going, hey, here's an example of it. Because it's something that doesn't really have a whole lot of upside. And from a baseball and a business standpoint, it doesn't really have much downside. But from a PR standpoint, it's just another, like, what are you doing? You're telling me this is the rotation, and we're not going to really do anything but hey, here comes the guy that pissed you off a few years ago. We're going to bring him back. And now he's 38. And last year, yeah, he had a negative war and he struck out twice as many times as he had hits. But we're going to bring him back. So then the explanation as to why they're bringing him back is a lack of leadership. And I just, for the life of me, I just don't know where where this is coming from, that you have to have this leadership and then what does it say for the people who are already there that's with regard to leadership it's my biggest question and i include the manager and the coaching staff along with guys who are 
probably, in the case of Arenado, already a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Goldschmidt is in the discussion. MVP, if nothing else. At the very least. Well, he's done that. Yeah, so he's got juice. He's got credibility. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I just, you know, and I, I, I just, I just shake my head. And so, what if he gets a roster spot to like, he's like leader guy, because what does he play? I uh, guess he's a DH. DH, but kind of already a log jam there. And it's just another example of shooting yourself in the foot. And I just, for the life, of, I just don't get it. And I thought it was so healthy. When John Mazalak, who for the record, I, I know it's like not popular to say this, I really like, I think he oftentimes is attempting to be funny and it just, it comes off in a way that people don't realize he's trying to be funny. He's not like as condescending as, uh, as, as his label. Then I think a lot of it just has to do with the sweater around his neck, honestly. I really do. Uh, whereas Jack Buck and Whitey Herzog are in the fishing boat. They could say anything, but Tony La Russa comes to town and he likes wine and he doesn't eat meat. Well, you know, but then he wins a World Series. Now it's fine. Yep. So I just, but this is, this is, this is just pissing people off. And for what? It's not for baseball. You acknowledge that it's for leadership. Well, then you go, well, what are we doing here that we need to bring people in to lead? Is it that, has it gotten that bad? And it doesn't matter if guy can give a good speech or tell you to really focus on something. If a ball's coming at you a hundred miles an hour and you can't hit it, or if you have a rotation that's made up of who the rotation's made up, I don't care who the leader is. And I, you know, the, the diamondbacks go to the world series, who who were the like the leaders on the Diamondbacks? If anything, the talk about the Diamondbacks was how young they were. Right. You know, I just right. don't I don't get it. I read Katie Wu's conversation in the Athletic with Nolan Arenado. I would recommend people mm-hmm. read that. Um, and Nolan Arenado talked about how excited he is to have you know some veterans on the team now with having Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, and now talks about Matt Carpenter being back and how great that is because they can help teach the Cardinal way. And I just I don't I just. I don't know, man. It's kind of like wishing for something that, that in the whole scheme of things sounds nice if it works out, but it's a narrative. Again, it's not like I'm like, wow, this is going to really mess the team up. I just think it's, an, it's, it's a textbook example of well, what can we do to piss people off? I got an idea. We'll bring back Matt Carpenter, even though people want us to sign a starting pitcher or trade for a starting pitcher. And there you go. Let's knock that Friday afternoon right quick. Jackson, your thoughts? From like a pure like baseball perspective, like it's just like all right, you sign them for league minimum. Last guy on the roster, you probably get a handful of at bats a week. Don't really know where you play them. You know, okay, what are you gonna do? I'm with you on the PR look. It's just like what do we do. Like it's just weird. I don't get it. The leadership thing is what strikes me as the most interesting because that was kind of the reason. I mean, bunch of reasons you got Lance Lynn, but one of the reasons you got Lance Lynn, one of the reasons why you're like having this big celebration that Yachty's a part of the team. It's kind of why I got that Daniel Descalzo to be a bench coach. Do we need all of this veteran leadership when like the team, if they're going to be successful is really going to be with younger players on top of two of the best baseball players since 2010 and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, not saying they're the best, but two of the best they're in their thirties. Like, are they not 
big leaders on the team? Well, I, th- I, th- I think we got a couple things going on here. Number one, just because you're old doesn't mean you're a leader. And number two, just because you're good doesn't mean you're a leader. The two leaders on the 2004 Cardinals were Mike Matheny and Woody Williams. And I remember that stood out to me because you got a guy in Chris Carpenter who eventually won a Cy Young, and you had a guy in Albert Pujols and Scott Rowland uh, who were Hall of Famers, and I still think Jim Edmonds will wind up being a Hall of Famer. But it was Mike Matheny, who I'm sure would be the first one to say the least threatening bat in that incredible lineup. And Woody Williams, who was a very, very good pitcher, especially with the Cardinals, but he wasn't like a dominant force. But sometimes it's just lead by example. But leading by example doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to be past 35. So I just, I just, like, I bet confidently Yadier Molina was a leader well before he was older. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, 2010, he wasn't 35. 2010, the Brandon Phillips thing that you love to to talk about. So, you know, a leader doesn't have to be older. You need people on this team if you're really going to try to compete. And I don't really know what the model is this year. I think it's to look like and hope that the Central's as bad as it, it looks like it will be. And then get in there and get three million through the, the gates but I just, I just, I'm looking at him going, God, all this is going to do is piss people off. So if you're sitting there having a conversation about it, what does it say for the current state of the clubhouse that you feel like you got to bring somebody in who doesn't really have a position? And from a baseball standpoint, you can't possibly say, well, he's he's a he's on the verge of really being a contributor. Right. And he didn't have a bunch of pinch hit at bats anyway last year. I think he was over 13 pinch hitting last year. So I don't, I just, I don't know. I am. Um, I'm confused by it. I'm honestly, I'm saddened in a sense because not because it matters when it's all said and done, but it's just like another illustration of man. This thing isn't what it once was, and it's just a it's it's a self inflicted wound. It's a self inflicted wound. I don't think people are going to the season like angry. Some were certainly. But I think they were kind of like, okay, well, the Central's terrible, so maybe they can get it going, and maybe one of these guys they sign can do something along with Sonny Gray, and maybe Miles Michaelis can come back, and we'll see what Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman can do. And then it becomes, oh my God, Matt Carpenter? What in the hell? So I thought it was a joke, honestly. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. That's yeah. my honest answer when I saw it. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. I know many of you have them. 314 399 That's how you can text in, in the YouTube chat. As active as all get out. That's the 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. Tim McCarnan, Jackson Burkett with you. Jeremy Rutherford joining us at 1045. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Welcome back. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. We have 19 minutes of the program left before BK and Ferrario take over, and Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us in the next segment. Jackson, go give me a quick hitter here. I need a quick hitter. I don't yeah. have time for your nonsense. I know you don't. Taking an early look at the NFC-AFC championships, who do you think of the early value plays? How do you think the games will play out? Is this the best outcome for you in terms of possible championship scenarios? Uh, I would have been torn if it would have been the Lions and Bills because I would have been pulling for them both. I don't know yeah. who I would have cheered for there. I would have been a weird spot. Detroit, just for the St. Louis connections. Um, but shout out AJ Espinessa of uh, Buffalo, Edwards Hill Tiger. So I'm uh, I'm pulling for uh, Detroit, yep. and you know, I guess wherever I throw my money around yeah. uh, with the AFC game. Yeah, I think I think it'll be Baltimore. Baltimore San Fran would be an outstanding game. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that would be awesome. I'm rooting for the Lions, and I think Baltimore Detroit would be a great game. I just, uh, I think Baltimore. I'm so confident Baltimore beats Kansas City that I might have to bet Kansas City. I think. What do you think is the most attractive game to the masses? I've got the right answer, by the way, and there's an obvious right answer. Baltimore and Kansas City. Well, first off, that can't happen. Oh. Oh, you mean in the Super Bowl? That's right. Kansas City versus Detroit? That's correct. That's the correct answer. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah. 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 I think Kansas City has to be the team if we're I talking agree. public consumption. Yeah, defending world champions. Yeah. And then you have David. And then you have Taylor Swift for the casual fans. Yeah. And apparently Jason Kelsey. And then Jason Kelsey having a little nectar. It's I love since that. it's in Las Vegas. I loved what Jason Kelsey was doing. Well, last you're night. like, this is, what, what do you think? You're going Arlowski here? Who didn't like it? I think some people are a little like, what are you doing? I think really? it was great. I bet some Philly people are like that. Really? And we're, I obviously. I mean, he's retired and. Is he? Hasn't <laughs> but he hasn't now. But I mean, he's, you know, supporting his brother and having. Beer with the yeah. Oh, yeah. Bills fans, God bless them. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally with it. All right, I wasn't trying to be like Mister uh, Orlowski, Mister Controversy. I yeah. saw Orlowski's trending this morning, but I still haven't figured out why. It, it, it should, he should just always be trending. He should always be talked about. He's the best. There's no one better. I agree with that yeah. as far as performance art goes. Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us on the other side of the break. Talking Blues, the Hall of Fame weekend as well. The Western Canadian road trip that gets underway tomorrow in Calgary. Pre-game 7 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. Back-to-back games off to Vancouver. They go for Wednesday and then wrap things up on Friday in Seattle before a Sunday matinee tilt against the Los Angeles Kings here in St. Louis. We'll talk it over with JR next year on Balloon Party. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Welcome back to Blue Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. It's presented to you by Munganass Burkhard, Alton Toyota, and Munganass St. Louis Acura. BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Jeremy Rutherford right now. Morning, Jer. Morning. Hey, Tim, uh, I got to tell you this. I turned on TMA at about uh, 730 to mm-hmm. see if uh, you were in the studio today, if we'd be doing a hit on the Bloom Party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, ex- I'm expecting to hear an episode from like January 2019 or something. Right, like yeah. Replay. You can't it's a big month for us. And you're, you're talking current events. I'm, he's in the studio. We're going to be doing a hit today. Wow, this is unbelievable. Now, that, that to me, Jackson, if I were reading between <laughs> the lines on what's going on, is insinuating... <laughs> 
Yeah, this Rutherford's got some gall. Yeah. There was some kind of insinuation there, was there not? I, how could I'm, you... say, I'm, I'm not getting out on these roads. I can't believe uh, you guys jumped out there. Uh, well, I kind of find HD2 to be a higher calling. And once a corporation entrusts you to be on HD2 radio, you have a duty, nay, a responsibility to reciprocate that to appear on a on a station that, that airs on... 62% of vehicles radios. Well, you guys sure did that. And if you saw the video of the fire truck, you know, you know why I'm not out there. Was that, was that in your neighborhood? That's I heard Jackson talking about his only fans page when he picked up the phone. Talk to you. <laughs> it can't be too far. I recognize the, uh, the fire truck. I don't know if, how small town that sounds when I tell you I can recognize the fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, big might time. recognize a, a house or two. <laughs> hey, that was some great driving. That was some NASCAR driving by that uh, fire truck uh, captain. Yeah, he kind of Chevy chased it in vacation and then like pulled into a spot <laughs> when it was all said and done. 50 right, yards, Russ. Yeah, 50 yards. Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, I'm snickering here, but you know, no reason to snicker. That could have really been dangerous, but... Uh, uh, you know, some great driving there, and I'm just glad that everybody's okay because that was some dangerous-looking video. Yeah, it's uh, it's making its way around the uh, the Twitter tweets, and I see it on the TMA fan page on Facebook for those of you who would like to uh, take a gander at what video we are talking about. Uh, JR, you uh, you were uh, on the road this weekend. What what, uh, what age is your son playing? Playing in Chicago outdoors, I saw. Yeah, 10 U. We had an outdoor tournament. So, unfortunately, gosh, you know, second annual Blues Hall of Fame banquet. Would have loved to have been there. I was at the first one, but I missed uh, this past weekend. And, you know, just looking at all the replays, it, it looked phenomenal. Uh, but, yeah, I was in Chicago for an out of town tournament. My son's uh, 10 U. And uh, we won a tournament. And I'll tell you what <laughs> Merrimack Sharks, Jackson, I'm telling you, I know Merrimack you monitor both the NHL and youth hockey in the St. Louis area. <laughs> Beware of these Merrimack Sharks. I have a feeling. Yeah, nobody like uh, Ryan O'Reilly with the red hair on our team, Jackson. But uh, we you know, some young kids. So fun tournament. We we got back last night and beat the uh, beat the bad weather. So thanks for asking. Good tournament, and unfortunately missed the banquet. But gosh, anytime you get those guys in the room, Kachuk, McKinnis, uh, you know, Michael Ute this year, and I know they remembered Pavel Dimitra. Yep. Uh, Iggy, not a fan, I heard, of uh, Dimitra getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, that uh, was an observation that I didn't necessarily see coming this morning on TMA. Uh, but then again, that's just the magic of the program, is that sometimes <laughs> you don't know where the program will necessarily go. But uh, yeah, the, the Walter uh, Kachuk telling stories, because he loved, I mean, absolutely loved, Pavel Dimitra, and I would imagine many Blues fans are aware of that, uh, and the special relationship that they had, him telling stories, and that whole group together. And I don't know if a team feels pressure or some kind of subconscious responsibility when you have, um, you know, a player who's now a member of the Blues Hall of Fame's widow. She drops the puck for Braden Shen and TJ Oshie before things get underway on Saturday, and you have that Hall of Fame weekend going on. It certainly would add to a wonderful narrative if it is true, because the Blues may have played one of their best games of the year in those circumstances on Saturday night. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And, uh, you know, with Demetra going into the hall, I think he's more than deserving. You know, he's seventh in points. And how about this, uh, the stat that's been floated around the past couple of days, second in game-winning goals in franchise history behind Brett Hall. So pretty phenomenal. And I do think, you know, I can't say this because I'm just one of, what, 15 or 16 members on that voting committee, that I think with the hall starting two years ago, 
that uh, we're going to start early and then kind of work your way back. So you're going to see the Alexander Steens and then a lot of guys from that 2019 Stanley Cup uh, get in eventually. But I think, you know, they start from the early years and then move forward. And then with Demetra uh, and his wife being in attendance the other night, dropping the puck, what a great moment in Blues history right there. And then the team, which hasn't always done that, Tim, I don't know if you remember back to uh, the night they retired, Brett Hall's number 16. He and his dad are on the ice. You know, hey, old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you are. Mm-hmm. The song's going on. And and the team laid an egg against Detroit. And That's so they don't right. Always, That's right. I forgot about that. After these things. But they played a great game the other night all around, like Drew Bannister said afterwards. Probably the best effort since he's been there in that 3 nothing shutout. So uh, outside of uh, the obvious, when you get that kind of goaltending, from uh, Jordan Biddington, that's certainly going to help your cause. Uh, there were a variety of different parts of that game. I mean, you're, you're checking boxes left and right, and I, and maybe that's a source of frustration for people. Maybe it's a source of just optimism, going, yeah, I didn't really have high expectations for this year, and now look what they were able to do, bouncing back and performing like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that the, the response they had, Tom Wilson, uh, the PK now tied for the lead, at least it was as of Saturday night. I don't know if that's changed in the last 24 hours. Ten uh, penalty kill goals now, shorthanded for the Blues. Uh, and you know, across the board, it just was, you're going, okay, well, this team, if this team shows up, you know, 75% of the time, the remainder of the season, I'd like their chances to get in. But you compare it to the two performances against the Flyers and the, the Capitals earlier in the week, and you'd go, well, that team doesn't have any chance of, of cutting into the deficit to get into the wild card. So it speaks, I guess, to the consistency, something that we talked about from the beginning of uh, of the season, your observation. Yeah, Tim, I think you could check every single box with that win Saturday night. I've watched the game, the replay, and I mean, from the uh, from the, the forechecking, I just watched a shift here in the second period with Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich, and Jordan Cairo. You know, they had it in the zone for 40 seconds, and, and all three of those guys were in on the forecheck. I mean, that's just one area. You know, the PK, three for three with the shorty. Yeah, that's number one in the league. Uh, 10 this season. The Blues are tied with a couple teams atop the list. You get the power play goal late in the game. You know, Shen had the uh, goal. He's struggled. So you could check every single box. Now, big picture, Tim, I think you go back to something you and I said several months ago, I think it was, is that you're gonna. This is the type of team you're gonna see. You're gonna see them be have these proud moments, proud games where they can't come out and play hard. But the consistency thing is gonna be tough. You know, not only because of the margin of error and they're gonna make mistakes, but you know they're just not as talented as some teams in the league. And and you know, can they keep it up? Drew Bannister asked that question. Can we sustain what we did Saturday night? You know, so that remains to be a scene. Scene. I look at this team and I see a team that. You know, they can win a game, win a couple games, look pretty good doing it, kind of tease you. You know, then they're probably going to lose a couple. So I think it's going to be a battle to the end. Still think there's a chance to get in the playoffs, but they've got some ground to make up with the teams and the points ahead of them. Jeremy Rutherford, our guest here on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. JR, the trade deadline, Friday, March 8th at 2 p.m. St. Louis time. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if you are in the mode yet of Scout Watch. Is there, are, are we on Scout Watch? Scout Watch took place <laughs> last week because Craig Berube was actually scouting I'm for the bad. Blues. Um, but I was curious about uh, anything. Is Do you start going, okay, maybe this is the time where we start keeping an eye on the press box and scouting? Yeah, first got to say something about that Berube sighting in Philadelphia. My friend Kevin Kurz, who covers the Flyers for the Athletic, texted me and said, hey, Berube's here scouting for the Blues. And I thought about this relationship Doug Armstrong must have with these coaches that he lets go and fires because – 
he does that with Ken Hitchcock, and now Hitchcock's working for the organization as an advisor to the head coach. And so you have a situation now with Bruby, and granted, he's getting paid for another year. Uh, but hey, uh, we know we uh, let, had to let you go, but uh, you think you could check out that Flyers game? <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that pop up as well, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How about that? <laughs> it's something. Hey, as far as Scout Watch, that's a funny thing. It really is because the reporters get into it and say, hey, there's 13 Scouts here, including Scouts from the Rangers, the Islanders. Um, you know, I, I get into that a little bit, but I think it's funny, too, because there's two scouts, Alex Brooks and Neil Komodowski, who are at every single Blues game for their respective teams, the Canucks, uh, Komodowski, and the Blackhawks for uh, Alex Brooks. And it's funny because uh, once these names of the teams get out there, they'll say, oh, Vancouver, Chicago, who could the Blues get off yeah. of those rosters? And it's like, well, these guys show up every night. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be getting there. We're 20 games, 20 Blues games away from the uh, trade deadline. We'll see what happens in these last five. Tim, you look at this, you got uh, Calgary tomorrow night, and then you got back-to-back Vancouver and then Seattle. Vancouver, out of the last five opponents the Blues have before the All-Star break, is the only one that's uh, playing well. The other four, including Columbus and L.A., which we'll see at home when they get back from this Western Canadian road trip, are scuffling a little bit. So, you know, if the Blues can win... Uh, let's say four out of these uh, five down the stretch, three out of these five, and put themselves right there. You know, I, I still think that Doug Armstrong's going to probably uh, either stand pat or sell off a little bit at the deadline. We'll see what happens, but you never know if they put themselves in in decent shape here before this break, and then in the last uh, what fifteen games before the deadline, uh, I think it could be a situation where. Try to see if you can make the playoffs. Do whatever you can do. It's ten fifty nine, which means we got to go. And Jackson had a couple things that you, I know, wanted to to get into from your observations with the Blues and Capitals. But we're going to have to sit on those for next Monday, Jr. So uh, you kind of dodged a uh, dodge Jackson's yeah, line of questioning yeah. here. Barbara Walter questions that come in there. <laughs> That's right. Jr. Always appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much, and once again, congratulations to the Merrimack Sharks. Ten U boys. All right, thanks, buddy. Talk there he is. That's Jeremy Rutherford with us here on Balloon Party. Jackson and I are heading back down the hallway to do QFTA. That stands for questions from the audience. And that means you can send in a question. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com will be on YouTube.com slash TMASTL, especially for those of you just hanging out at home today with the roads being icy. Come on in and partake in the fun and games if you would like. It's the Tim McKernan Show podcast. BK and Ferrario are up next. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.